Hi, it's Marzana Farana Sherlock. Welcome to the third episode of Just Stories podcast. We all have a story to tell and the place. The place that we grew up in, the place that we might love, a space where we like to be by ourselves or with others, a place that we love to escape to. We also all tell stories. We tell stories to remember, to move on, to create, to exist. I invite my guests to take us on a journey to their place and space. Together we discover their places. Sometimes we might travel through various places and search for the one. I'm hoping that through this place we will get to know our guests and today I'm honored to welcome Julia Gutksel to Just Stories podcast. We will hear her story and I hope to invite you to listen with us and enjoy and get to know Julia. Hello, Julia. Hi, Marzena. Today, I want to hear a wee bit about your place. I know that you've chosen a particular one that we will be moving on to. However, I wanted to ask you about some background. How did you choose the place? Because your story is quite unique. You've lived in three countries. You have moved quite a lot. So do you have a place that is quite important to you in your life? I've actually lived in four places. So I grew up in Italy, but then I moved to three different countries. So in total, I've lived in four places, in four different countries, but in many other places, even within the countries. So I've moved nationally as well. I think in terms of how I chose the place, I think it's a place that I tend to think about when I want to relax. So it's kind of a place I go to in my mind when I want to think about relaxing memory or maybe especially in the summer, I like to think about this place. It's a place where I've been when I was 16. I lived in Ireland as a foreign exchange student. The place I've chosen is Dingle in Ireland. It's a peninsula. It is a quite interesting small town. Did you choose that place or did you get there by complete surprise how was it when i was living in ireland i lived with a host family and we would go on weekend trips every kind of weekend and my host family actually owned a house a kind of a summer house in dingle and so we used to go there quite a lot because they had this big house where we could kind of all hang out together for the weekends and especially it's great in the summer there's actually a dolphin there so it's close to the beach and there's a dolphin i can't actually remember his name now but he's a really famous dolphin and he has had the same name for over 20 years. But they say it's not the same dolphin. It's basically just a group of dolphins and is given the same name. When I was looking up Dingle, I came across the story about dolphin. And apparently, apart from being local attraction, you can actually swim with it. So did you have the pleasure? I did not have the pleasure to swim with him, unfortunately. But I did see him. So we did go out on a boat a few times because I actually stayed with the host family for two years. So we went with every new student who came, we went. And so we went out on the boat lots of times. And he usually does come up. So you usually will see one or two dolphins swimming next to the boat. I didn't actually notice, but apparently dolphins are really attracted by the waves that the boat makes. So it's almost like they're playing with the waves of the boat. So they're not actually attracted to the humans. They just like to swim with the waves. <laughs> 
this is another myth being burst that they are attracted to us. <laughs> You were talking about the fact that it's quite light-hearted place that you want to visit in your memories. What is specific that you remember about that place? What are the first memories when you're thinking about Dingo that come to your head? What is the first taste? What is the first sound? And why they are so specific? I think the very first thing that comes to mind for me is just the pace. It's about how people live there and how it feels. So I think for me, it's more the sensation of living really at the quiet pace it feels like you don't need to worry about things as much it just feels like you're very naturally living into your day-to-day without having like to think about a schedule and you know to plan your day you just kind of take it by the day also a lot of attractions in Dingle will only work under certain weather conditions so you can't even really plan it just depends on kind of what happens and what nature decides to do So I think that's what I really like. And I think one of the reasons why I go there is because in my everyday life, I sometimes have quite a demanding job. And so I like going to places that just remind me of kind of a quiet lifestyle. I think the other thing that really comes to mind to me, when you walk through Dingo, you usually hear people laughing. So, you know, there's a really amazing ice cream shop there. So, you know, all the kids kind of queue on the street. And it's just lots of laughter, lots of lightheartedness. There's galleries and, and children running around, especially at the harbor. Like there's lots of people kind of working on their ships and their boats. It just seems that people are really, really happy when you walk through the streets. And it's just a, a sensation, a feeling you get as you walk through the main street. It's really, I mean, the landscape, if you go a bit further outside of kind of the main street, the landscape is quite rough. You really feel like you're in nature and in quite a wild landscape that's untouched by humans. What is the first taste that you remember? <laughs> it's probably the ice cream. So there's a shop and I can't remember the name of the shop, but I see like, I see the image of, it was a really, it's a really, really famous ice cream shop it's, and it's homemade ice cream. And in the summer, people would literally queue, like there was a queue that went outside the shop because everyone was just waiting to get a taste of the ice cream. I still remember the ice cream I had the very first time because they had lots of really strange flavors. And the flavor was sea salt ice cream. And I remember it sounded so strange because sea salt, you think it tastes really salty, but actually it was really delicious. That's probably the taste I remember. What about the sound? Because we've got the taste, sea salt. We've got the image, people laughing and being just happy. What about the sounds apart from the laugh? I'm not really sure if it's necessarily a sound maybe, but I think you can feel or maybe even hear the breeze especially when you're close kind of to the harbor and there's lots of wind. So I think that's something probably that sticks out as well. As well as the seagulls, obviously. I'm not a huge fan of the sound of seagulls, so I think I usually try to block that out. Yeah, I think seagulls kind of are in my memory as well. Yeah.
if we talk about images, maybe that probably comes to me quite easier. I would probably say like one of the things is the houses. So when you walk through the main streets, all the houses have different colors. So it's very bright and very colorful. And I think that actually probably gets the sense of the lightheartedness the most. It almost feels like a child has painted the houses. Because sometimes when you get children and they and they draw houses, they usually give them really funky colors that probably no one would ever there actually painting their house. So I think that kind of gives it a fun kind of lighthearted vibe and I think it's also quite common for Ireland in general and probably the other thing is all the galleries and all the little shops there's lots of little shops that you can walk in and it almost feels a bit like the secret garden it's almost like you walk in and there's like one thing after another and it's these really unique items that you don't get like it's not like a, a big storehouse where everything is made in mass production it's these really often handmade things when you walk in the shops you really see the love that people have for what they create and what they're selling and you often speak to the person that actually has made the items or they know the local artist so there's a lot about community and people supporting the local community and helping each other so that's a, a really big one. And then and the children, I think for me, Dingle just feels very much like a children's place, I, I feel. Um, I, I don't know if that's because when I was that age, maybe I was paying more attention to children than I was paying to other adults. It's children running around, ice cream, the wind. I think there's, they're, they're usually like that is another thing that, that's very common. I feel like the dolphin is, is a big, it's kind of the main attraction of the place. I can feel how nice the place is, how vibrant. How do you think in that particular case, you shaped the place and the space? How do you shape spaces? Actually, I think there's probably a better example. I don't really feel like I left necessarily something back at Bingley that I would feel like something I left behind. I mean, one of the things that, that just comes to mind very kind of quickly is a few years ago, I was in Berlin. It's this place where basically everyone can leave notes. I think the wall was called something like notes to strangers or something like that. It was some post-it notes. So you kind of like a wall, you wrote a message and then you put it on the wall. I wrote a message for that wall and I put it up. And I think that's one of the memories that really stays with me because I spent probably an hour or so reading everyone's messages. And so I think that is probably one of the healthiest and most beautiful memories of leaving something behind. I think a lot of times we probably leave negative stuff behind, you know, especially in terms of pollution and things. So I think that's something positive. I think in terms of people and spaces, people I've met in places, I think probably the thing I hope I leave behind for people is that sense of curiosity. I think that's what people would probably say about me, like the word they would use to describe me. I think people would also say that sometimes I inspire people to do things that are quite unusual and they wouldn't have dared to do before. So bravery and curiosity, yeah. This is Just Stories Podcast. I'm Marzana Farana-Sherlock and I meet with people to find out about stories and places that are part of their history. Today I'm talking to Julia about direct landscapes, people living in harmony with their environment and what it does mean to seek places for her. You've been traveling quite a lot. You said to me that 
taking into consideration your age and the amount of times you moved. It would be almost once a year. And I was wondering, thinking about the place, it comes to me that there are few layers that are quite important to you. So it's the nature. It's having that almost happy kind of memories, lightheartedness. Would you say that you've got a place that you feel that belongs to you, that you've created the space that completely belongs to you or you belong to the space? How was that process for you? So I actually think that the place that feels that it belongs the most to me is actually my home. I'm actually really proud that, you know, considering that I've moved almost once a year, the last three years I've lived in the same home. And I actually bought my first home when I was quite young. I was 24 when I bought my first home. So it was, it was really a proud achievement to be able to buy my first house at that age. And I think one of the things we talked about is that I tend to not really feel attachment to places. I'm very, I find it very easy to kind of let go and move on, which is part of, I think, living in countries as well, because in order for you to be able to move on and move around to different countries, I think it's important to not get too upset to leave a place behind. So I think there is a part of liking a place, but then not liking it too much, finding that balance. So yeah, I think I probably like having my own home has been something really special because up until then, until I bought my home, I've always rented from other people or I had to share spaces when I was a student. You know, I was in student flats, especially when you're in student flats, you sometimes move in and the people seem fun. But then when you get to know them and you have to share a space with them, sometimes you clash, you know, in terms of personalities or, you know, maybe someone is really tidy and the other one doesn't do the dishes for a week. So you get all these clashes, whereas within your own home, I find it my home now, I feel like I have control over what's going on in my space and I can make it any way I want. It gives me a lot of freedom to just really create my own space and make it in a way that feels home to me. You said that not building attachment has been part of the moving around and being able to get to know the culture and go and live in different countries. But right now, how is it different? And do you think the belonging bit, is it the space belongs to you or you belong to it or you can't really divide that? I hadn't really thought about this so much before, but me and my husband are actually planning on moving abroad in two years' time. So we have already made plans to move again. And so I actually feel like we belong to the place at the moment because we can't take the place with us. It's a transient place. It doesn't move with us. So if this is here, and obviously when we leave, you know, we're going to sell it again to someone else will have this space. But I think in some ways that in, in itself is even very it's very special because it's like I can create a space that someone else might buy and they might make it their space again so I feel like for me spaces are very kind of utilitarian and transient I think whenever I walk and this is one of the things I really like when I walk into someone else's space I feel like the space says something about that person like it's something about the essence, you know, when you walk in. I think that's what I really like is that space. At the one hand, it's utilitarian because we live in it and it provides shelter, it provides comfort, provides protection from the elements. But at the same time, we also give an aesthetic quality to it. We make it beautiful and nice. Everyone has different tastes. So when I walk into your home, 
I learn something about what is pleasing to you and what you find beautiful. That is quite interesting what you're saying right now about making this space beautiful. When we were preparing and we were discussing a wee bit, you said that you're quite attracted to racked spaces. And I was wondering if you could explore that a wee bit more. Is it mainly outside and the nature or is it the architecture? What is it for you that attracts you to racked spaces? The racked spaces, I think for me, is that I really like when it's untouched by humans. I think often humans, you know, we take over a space, we build it in a way that it works for us, but we don't really respect the space. Sometimes, you know, we take animals, like we take animal habitat away because we just want to have this space and we want to own it. What I really like about racked spaces is that they're just really, they're natural and we have to adapt to them. And I'm actually part of this Facebook group and it's people who are moving to Shetland. I've been fascinated by Shetland for many years. And one of the things they always talk about when people say, I want to move to Shetland, they say, you have to be prepared to live exposed to the elements. It's going to be cold, there's going to be wind. And so I really like when people are forced to adapt to the space. And I think that's what I really like is that where humans and nature have to kind of live together and they have to adapt to each other rather than people forcing the space to be a certain way. That's a theme that came up when you were talking about the dingle, because I guess I want to just make a wee U-turn and go back to that. You said that part of the lightheartedness and the happiness there was that you couldn't really plan because of the elements. How did your day look like there? And I want to ask about typical day, but saying that loud, it almost sounds to me like typical day didn't exist there. So we usually would go for a weekend. I think we would usually kind of stay Friday, Saturday, Sunday when we went. And I would say that when the foreign exchange students came for the first time, they wanted to make all these plans because what we would do, so what we were told every time we went somewhere, we actually went on the computer to look up what we could do there. So we all had kind of an idea of, you know, what we might like to explore. And so kids always came up with this elaborate list of things that they wanted to do. And often we went there and we didn't end up doing any of those things on the list, just because sometimes the weather was so bad, you couldn't even leave the house because it was just so much wind and nothing was open and everything was shut because no one was out and about. So I would say that probably what it looked like in practice was that we were probably sleeping quite a while so you probably get up around 10 o'clock it was literally you just opened kind of the window and you looked outside and you decided kind of what was happening that day depending on the weather and also like the thing for anyone who's ever lived in Ireland or Scotland I think it's just the same the weather can change in a heartbeat again as you said I think they're so typical day and we just had to kind of learn how to live almost minute by minute when we were there and actually I think it, it makes you creative as well because if you have to kind of think about new activities then it kind of keeps it interesting and it keeps you finding out things that you wouldn't find out normally you actually end up in like really cool places that you wouldn't have explored otherwise so I think that's what I really like about spaces is that you can just be really spontaneous and creative I think especially with wild landscapes well to a degree I think you don't want to 
you know, put yourself in any harm. But yeah, I think there's definitely creativity. You want to go and live with nature. And I think you're also attracted by people who are living, respecting the nature. How does the creativity help you to build that relationship? And what else helps you to make sure that, that the relationship is as equal as possible? Well, I think one of the things is is researching it. I just like looking up the place and I look up, you know, like looking up images. Every trip I go on, and as you say, I like people. So every time I go on a trip, I want to meet locals. I don't like the kind of the touristy thing where you just hang around tourist spots. I really like to just meet locals and figure out what they do and what their life is like. I actually managed to find some people on Facebook who are from Estonia. So when we went to Estonian holiday, we met locals. So we met with some locals who just met up for a beer and they kind of told us about their space and where we could go and hang out. You learn so much from them because otherwise I think you sometimes just see a very refined version of the country and you don't really see what life is really like for people. I think the other thing that really helps is that I'm from a very unusual place originally. So I'm originally from Italy, but I'm from the north. So I'm from the German speaking region of Italy. So whenever I say that, because whenever people say, where are you from? And I say Italy, they say, well, you don't sound Italian. And then I say, well, I'm actually German speaking. And then they're like, why do you speak German in Italy? And then I say, well, I'm actually from the north and that's where we speak German. And most people have never heard that there's a German speaking part of Italy. (laughs) And that kind of opens the conversation because then people are like, well, what is it like there? So I tell them about my home region. And then I think it just kind of gets the conversation going because I think people look for similarities. So often when I tell them, oh, like we have lots of mountains, they go like, oh, we have lots of mountains. So it's, I think, you know, people are attracted by similarities, but also intrigued by differences. And I think that really helps to kind of open those conversations. I'm one of those people who had no idea that there was a German speaking part of Italy. So it shows either lack of knowledge or complete ignorance on my part. And you describe yourself as a seeker of places. What does it mean to you to seek places? I think it kind of speaks to my impatience, really, with life in general. I get very bored very quickly. And I think it's probably why I've moved so much and why I've moved to different countries, because I like challenges. I like things that are different that take me out of my comfort zone, help me grow. A seeker as well, I think for me, seeking never stops. I think it's a real, it's a lifelong journey of going to places. For me, they don't need to be like super special. They can be very ordinary places. And I think you can find really special things in ordinary places, in order with ordinary people, ordinary conversations, ordinary places. It can all, you can learn something from everything. And so I think that's what I'm really, what I'm seeking, because that's what you get in places, is that kind of new knowledge and new experiences. And what was the best lesson that you've learned so far by seeking different places? To not be afraid, or maybe not not to be afraid, but actually that fear doesn't necessarily mean that you should not do it. Because I think sometimes people think like, oh, I'm afraid of that, so I'm not going to do it. But I think there have been lots of times where I was, you know, where I've been scared, but I did it and it worked out fine. And so I think it has given me confidence in my abilities that I can manage almost any situation. That's like the thing that happens to you if you just, if you're spontaneous and you go with the flow, you come up with all these ideas. 
And people are always, I bet the other lesson I think as well is people are really helpful. So if you go, if you seek places, if you're open, if you're curious, most people are really helpful and most people will be really happy to like tell you about their place. If you plan an itinerary when you go traveling, these things would not happen to you. So I think there is like merit in just seeking and exploring and being brave and putting yourself out there. It brings the importance of connection and You've mentioned curiosity and before you've mentioned also a respect that we give to either different places or different cultures, build that opportunities that might not show up other way. I think probably I would say respect is probably the, the most important bit of it all, especially when you go to foreign places. You probably have your own stories with this. But I remember like, you know, moving to places and not understanding local customs and getting very confused. I think it's just so important to always be respectful. Like, so I remember like the very first day when I moved to Ireland, I went for a walk. So my host family had a dog and I really liked dogs. So I said, you know, I would go, I would take the dog for a walk. And so I did. And where I'm from in Italy, we don't greet people in the street. So it's kind of that stranger danger that I grew up with. It's like, if you don't know the person, you know, don't look at them, don't talk to them. But in Ireland, it's the complete opposite. So strangers will just talk to you randomly in the streets, a bit like Glasgow, really. So there were all these people in the street and they stopped me and they kind of said, oh, it's such a lovely day. You know, who are you? And they had this conversation and I got really scared. And I was like, oh, who are these people? Like, you know, do you want me harm? Like, should I just go walk back? And so eventually walked back and I was really scared because I was like, this is really strange. Like I was told to never talk to strangers. And so I kind of learned that actually it's okay to, you know, to stop people in the street and have conversations with them. But it's like that thing is like, I could have been really rude. You know, if I were, if I felt this wasn't the right thing, I, I could have responded very differently. Whereas I tried to be very respectful and I understood that maybe there's a different custom here that I'm not quite sure about yet. I don't know if you feel the same, but I always I almost feel like I have become like them. So in a way, when I go home now, so if I go back to Italy, I'm very different. So if I walk through like my childhood place, if I don't know someone, I'll just say hello to them. I feel like if every place you take a piece with you, I think it does change you as a person. I think that's also why when I meet other people like yourself, I mean, you know, you, you obviously have different cultural backgrounds as well. I think that's what makes us unique because we take like little pieces from everywhere. I totally agree with that, definitely. This leads me to another question. What significant footprints, the spaces that are quite important to you, are left on you? Oh, wow, that is a really good question. I feel like a lot of it has just so morphed into one. One of the things I definitely have taken from Ireland, I think, is kind of the sarcasm. It was actually the thing that I struggled with the most. In Italy, we don't really use sarcasm. Like if someone says something to you, that's what they mean. So in, in the beginning, people would say really ridiculous things to me and I would just believe them. So now I've got much better with it. And, you know, I even sometimes use it myself. I feel very proud of every time I do because I think it shows how far I've come. <laughs> so after Ireland, I lived in Belgium 
And I think one of the things I've sort of taken from there is just for those, like, like in case you don't know, so in Belgium, you actually have like three communities that come together. So you have the Flemish community, you have the French speaking, the Wallonian community, and you have the, another small German speaking community. And they all come together in Belgium. And especially in Brussels, it's actually bilinguals. So the Flemish and the Wallonian, the French speaking community, they all come together. I think it has really kind of shown me the importance of communication and trying to work together and respecting each other so that you can live together, as well as kind of the importance of learning each other's language, even if you're not fluent, but just as a kindness to each other, kind of showing that you're willing, like having that willingness to learn. That's probably what I've taken with me to Scotland, which actually it has kind of shown me that you have to share resources and you have to share spaces. Again, that respect, I think, also trying to be, perhaps if you can learn another language. Um, I've not learned any Welsh yet, I'm afraid. Maybe I should. Maybe, maybe that should be the goal for 2021 is to learn some Welsh. Good luck with that one. Just going back to something you said, you've mentioned that part of that journey of seeking places is that you feel you get bored quite quickly. You learn a lot from what you're saying. You're trying to get to know the language, customs, people, to almost soak like a sponge as much as possible. Do you think there is anything that would make you stay and almost let your anchor go and stay in a place? What would it look like? It's one of the questions that kind of has occupied me for the past few years. As you know, I've, I've just got married. You know, we've been talking about, you know, eventually having kids and starting a family. And I think that's the point for me where I know I need to be settled. I think I want for my kids to have a settled space, a settled identity. I think it can be very hard for children who grow up in a lot of different places to feel home or feel like they belong to a space or they really understand the culture. That's kind of what our next move is going to be about. So it's really, we've kind of been researching the place where we would like to, to live and move to and where we'd really like to settle down. So once we have kids, I want to be settled for them. And what would be important about the place for you to settle? I think for me, it's really important that there is something really unique about the place. So the place where we're hoping to move to in two years is Estonia. So last year when we went into Estonia, we actually went there to explore if that's a place where we want to eventually live. And so what, what's really important for me about it is, again, there's lots of landscapes, you know, there's lots of kind of forests and, and just really wild landscape and lots of outdoor activities. I think that's really great where you have the opportunity to be outdoors and to spend time in nature. But also, I think what's for me important as well is that there is something unique to the culture. So when you look at Estonian history and Estonian culture, it is really interesting. Obviously, they've only been independent for 20 years. But they have achieved so much when we went there. We actually went to the first museum that was uh, virtual. It was completely virtual museum. So you when we walked in, we actually thought, thought that the museum was empty. We were like, oh, you know, we're kind of walking to an empty museum. So we were about to walk out. And then this lady came and she said, oh, no, this is virtual. So we were given these huge goggles. And basically, we were walking through the rooms and it was so immersive. Like, it was so cool. And so we found out that Estonia is actually one of the most digitally advanced countries. And it's just so interesting to see that 20 years have made such a huge difference to the country and to the people. The same thing again, you know, I walked into a museum where we learned about uh, Estonian independence and there was a lady there and she couldn't really speak much English. 
but we in somehow we managed to have a conversation about their history and and I think that's what I really like it's places that are different I think there's like a unique edge that's what I need it's that unique edge where I feel like I can relate to it in some way, but it's still sufficiently different so that I can learn and stretch myself. And I think as well, I think what's important for me as well, now that the focus is on having kids eventually, is that places are really family friendly. I think that's really important for me as well. And there is also that bit around living in harmony with the environment and its surroundings. That sounds like a theme that comes up in everything that you say about the spaces. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things about harmony with the space, I think is I really like kind of living local as much as possible. I like kind of using local resources and doing things that are somehow that fit into the environment so one of the things I really like is I I like to buy seasonal food so I like to buy food that is actually grows in that season in that place right now I think it's just a way again I think it's a way to respect the place you know and, and live in harmony with the place that's really important to me but also I think what I really like is in kind of a a way that is quite friendly to the environment so one of the things I really like is some of those kind of mini houses you get and some of those houses that leave a kind of really small footprint and that don't kind of disturb the environment for me again I think that's for me the harmony is part of that utilitarianism I think for me spaces are probably more about the environment and the people than the actual physical space. So one of the examples, when I move into a house, like the first thing I think about is, is this practical? Like, can I actually live here? You know, does this suit the way I like to be? So I'm very kind of practically minded in terms of the space needs to serve the way I like to live. And I think that's how you create harmony. And it's the same with the environment. You know, it's like, you know, one of, the, one of the other reasons why we're thinking about Estonia is because it's cold. Like I, even though I'm from Italy, I absolutely hate hot weather and hot climate. I, I just can't live in that environment. So for me, it's great to live in a cold environment. I like, I like dark nights. You know, I don't mind at all that we have like winters with almost just darkness. I'm quite fond of that. So again, I think that's again, living in harmony. It's about what environment helps me thrive and how can I create that environment? That's really unusual. Somebody who loves dark nights and living in the darkness and coldness. I personally can't wait till we've got the long days. Julia, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I've learned so much about the spaces and how you see them. Seeking and the curiosity, you say that it's a huge part in your life. And I guess I wish you that you find the place that you can settle, but also that the curiosity and that urge to seek something new will not go away because I feel that strongly that it's part of who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I think the searching will never stop. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Not at all. This was the third episode of Just Stories Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can tune in to Just Stories Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean platform. In the next episode, we will meet Carl, a proud Highlander who lives in the beautiful city of Edinburgh. This musician and artist loves music, sewing, people and silence. 
Carl will introduce us to a place that I believe is close to most of us if we're lucky enough to have it. In the meantime, if you or someone you know would like to tell a story and show a place close to your heart, get in touch on Just Stories Podcast at gmail.com. See you in two weeks.